Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. And everyone was waiting for our next podcast and it has been a bit of a break. A little bit of a, um, little bit of a break. So we were thinking about doing all quick Scram Small, mm-hmm. which is lovely and gorgeous. However, we stumbled across our little DVD collection and we've decided to do Downton Abbey. Marvellous. Marvellous. So, um, for those people that have not been around or in prison, lovely. Have you had a lovely time? The food was great, probably. Um, Quite a long sentence, though, really, since <laughs> yes, 2010. But yes. must have been a, a serious offence. Yeah. So, the, the general story of Downton Abbey, it's um, on about the aristocracy. Uh, it's, it starts in 1912. And it's a big stately home, and you've got the upstairs people, which is the uh, the Crawleys, and they are the aristocracy, uh, made up of mummy, daddy, three daughters, and grandmama. Grandmama. <laughs> and then you have all the staff. Um, They're downstairs. Downstairs, so you have like the cook, the butler, butlers, the, the maids, housekeeper, the, maids, yeah, but, and yeah. footmen, and so and and all of that lovely regalia and everything. Um, so it's quite a, a sort of a, actually it, it, well it's not, it's not quite it's fabulous it's very sumptuous it's super chill super chill super chill it sounds like a visual mogadon but it's super interesting and very engaging because there's personality traits from both the aristocracy and the um so the the staff um now imdb actually describes this episode it it is 1912 and the news arrives of the sinking of the titanic Ooh, Ooh. yes i wonder kate winslet still bobbing along on that door um with the loss of the downton heir james and his son patrick the dowager countess violet hopes that the title of the estate will pass on to the current earl robert's oldest daughter mary very contrary. Uh, however, Robert decides not to name Mary as the he- the heir, as after discovering that there's a distant cousin that is set to. Ins- Sorry, has this synopsis been written by someone who hasn't actually seen the program? Because none of that is is actually correct. Well, this is IMDb. Yeah. This is IMDb. Yeah. So, um, so we'll scrap the IMDb. Yeah. Um, I think I think we'll do our own synopsis in the future. The the op- episode opens. Um, with sort of the, the, the little tinkling of a piano mm. um, and people tapping on Morse, Morse code. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, and a train arriving. So the arrival of the train arrives with a message from the Titanic that Titanic has now sunk. And then the house is gradually opening up with the staff sort mm-hmm. of doing their staff-like duties. And the postmistress is sort of getting the telegram ready to to get sent to the house and basically saying to the postman saying well only go when you drop the post off there's no point doing it now because no one will be up no. um which because they're like, all really really lazy and the, the, the aristocracy <laughs> they lie in bed till gone eight o'clock of a morning i must say i, would, I must i would have loved to be an aristocracy sort of 
was very You practically are. Oh, you shush practically now. are. <laughs> I have to squeeze my own tea bag and everything. I know. It was very, very, very stressful. Um, So the episode, so the upstairs story is that um, the heir, which is the the first cousin Mm -hmm. um, to... um, um, Robert. Robert. The Earl of of Grantham. Earl of Grantham. And his son. And and his son. So Robert's uh, cousin was meant to be inheriting and the the cousin's son, um, who's also died on the Titanic, was meant to, uh, was scheduled in to marry uh, Mary. Yeah. Lady Mary. Should we explain why Mary, the eldest daughter, isn't going to be inheriting anything? Yes, I think you should explain it. Okay, so that brings us into an interesting little bit of feudal system era law. Um, And it's called the entail. So the way the aristocracy works in England is that, uh, with the exception of the royal family, because the law has been changed in that respect, the female line can't inherit the title. However, these days, they can inherit the land and property just like ordinary people can. Mm-hmm. However, back in the dim and distant past, there there was a, a legal uh, process described in the show as the entail, which meant that uh, Earl, Earl Robert's ancestors were actually able to enshrine in law effectively that the land and property and the money can only pass down to the person who inherits the title. Now, since a, a, a person of the female persuasion is not allowed to inherit the title, therefore they couldn't inherit the money. No longer the case. The entail was actually abolished in English law in the mid-1920s. Uh, but, however, that is some years in the future, mm-hmm. as far as uh, Downton Abbey is concerned. So the, the quandary for the Crawley family is how to try and keep everything intact, uh, safe in the family, in inverted commas, and clearly marrying a cousin um, was probably seen as being the safest way to keep all of this intact. But now, blimey, Jinx Crivens help my bulb. <laughs> that whole thing is now has now changed because said cousin and son who was to be Mary's husband, well they're dead. So mm. what? So what is an aristocratic family to, to do, do now? Because they want to retain the status, the estate, and ha- all that. And Cora, the American mm. dollar princess's uh, money. Yeah, which is quite, that's quite interesting really because it's, the family have standards and worth. However, the family had to have a, a dollar bride, a dollar princess bride, was it? Dollar princess. A, a dollar princess, um, which was a, a situation where the people that lived in America and that had made all these wealthy sort of, sort of people of industry in America that had a lot of money, they wanted the prestige of a title. So they married their daughters off into the aristocracy, the UK aristocracy, so they could get a title and get the prestige. Um, and, and the aristocracy the, get the money. money. So obviously the Crawley family, which is sort of not really 
well, it's, it's pretty much well, obviously it's it's an obvious situation because they had to marry. He married for the money, um, not for love. Not for the love. However, it does become apparent within this episode that he does love Cora. So Robert was forced into the marriage, or he he married her for the money, so they could keep the estate and the standards and what have you. But Cora, unfortunately, only had three daughters mm. and no sons. No sons, which wasn't anticipated because Cora's money has all been legally bound up into the in, into the estate and the entail. Yeah. So there's no, you know, so her her fortune will go to whoever inherits yeah. inherits the title. I mean, in fairness, it's quite a it's quite a pleasant sort of dilemma to have. I mean, they've still got their wealth and prestige, yeah. but they're also holding very true the standards and the family commitment and everything, yeah. which, which I think is is really very, very lovely. I mean, the Crawleys aren't poor by... Any stretch of the imagination. Any stretch of the imagination. However, well, they want to hold on yeah. hold on to the, the, the money yes. in, in some way. So, um, so Mary, obviously, is... Actually, not very bothered. No, she's. <laughs> it's clearly, very sad that yeah. cousin cousin has cousin, died. Cousin cousins James and Matthew. No, Ma- not, not Matthew. Uh, Pat- Patrick. 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 Uh, it's a shame they've died, but clearly that wasn't a love match by any stretch. Well, no, of the I, and, and I, there's a conversation. This the, on the three sisters. There's Mary, that's the eldest. You've got Edith, that's the middle one, the blonde one, and then you have Lady Sybil. Lady Sybil, who's quite an innocence. And it's very lovely. Yeah. But in the first episode, we don't really get to know very much about Sybil. Sybil, she sort of seems to float about and be concerned and yeah. defend, defend Edith from Mary's vicious attacks because, and vice versa. Because Mary, Mary is is very attractive, um, knows her own way, and is is probably the golden child. Yeah, uh, Edith is the sort of yeah she's very much suffering from middle child syndrome Syndrome. yeah so and every every opportunity that edith gets she puts the knife in to mary and every time she does she gets twice of it back from from uh from mary from mary which is quite 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 interesting yeah Yeah. Um, and then sybil's clearly the baby of the so a bit little bit of an innocent innocent probably a bit cosseted and as always, she was always looking at the positive, at the, at the, at the positives in situations because every, everyone's having to wear, wear mourning. Um, Lady Mary's not really too bothered. Do I have to wear mourning? And it's well, it was your fiance. Well, he wasn't official a fiance, um, and there was a bit of a uh, so a, a tete-a-tete between Mary and Edith, and that was that was quite interesting because Edith said he, she would have taken him. And sort of Mary said, "Well, yes, I know you would have, but yeah, it was just it was very very dismissive." Um, but Sybil was mentioned. Well, maybe you say come September, we'll we'll say in August we'll be able to wear a little bit of colour, and then September we'll be able to full colour. Wouldn't that be lovely? And it was just all very very sweet and very adorable. Um, so and we meet. So we meet Cora. Um, so it's noticeable that. So Cora and um, uh, sort of Lord Grantham um, have got separate bedrooms, 
and you think, oh, right, what's happening here? But I think that was the thing at the time. Yes. So we do, in the episode, we do see them sharing the same bed as yes, well. Yes, that's, at the, sorry, that's, at the, end that's, the, that's the end of the episode. So but they've, they've, so they've got separate, separate stories. So you just, there was a bit of a question mark to begin with. I, I know it was like a standard thing for them to have separate rooms, da, 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 da. but it, it was just like, oh, right, okay. Um, and he, he knocks to enter. I say, I, I say hello, before he, before he goes in rather than just walks in, which I thought was quite quite lovely. But the, as the episode goes on, that the story arc of theirs, they're obviously very, very much a devoted couple. But we meet the Dowager. The Dowager Countess of Grantham. Um, and the Violet, da- Violet Crawley. Violet Crawley, played by the inimitable uh, Maggie Smith, um, who has a put-down for everything but in a very very polite way and we so the servants come out to so when they're, they're outside there's Cora and and, and um and Lord Grantham that are outside and said oh sort of um sort of Mrs the, sort of the, the Duchess is here um and they said oh no if you want to speak to Cora that's sort of Lady Grantham um so it's like oh Right, so you, you get the general feeling that um, Cora and uh, and the Dowager Countess, the, the Dowager and Countess. Sorry, I'll, I will get it right. So, so we have got six series to cover, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, and they have. Um, so yeah, so Cora said this one line. So so are we friends now? So we're. I think what the term was was said we're aligning. Um, so we're uh, what was the word? Oh, go on, help me out, I Robert. Can't, I can't remember. So they're so they're on each other's side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clear. I think what we can we can uh, glean from it is that they've never been the best of friends, but now because of the adverse situation, they have they've sort of been brought together in adversity, and they and they have to work together now to save the save the estate from some upstart that they've never heard of who is the dim and distant relative who will now inherit the the title and the land and the property and the money because robert robert crawley has now discovered well knows that there's a male heir which is a third cousin yeah so a letter arrives from uh the the solicitor with the detail of the the cousin who clearly they've never met or knew no. very much of the existence of, but is the closest male relative, and therefore is going to inherit. Yes, but he he sort of so a bit sniffy because he was he, he worked as a doctor, <laughs> the solicitor. The soli- no, a, no, but the, let's say the the, the the sort of the, the person who's going to inherit his father was a doctor, um, and they're a bit sniffy about that. Um, the um, so the person that will inherit um, is a solicitor in company law, so they're relatively acceptable. Like I say when they were discussing that, they were quite accepting of oh, being a solicitor yeah. in company. They'd law. They'd have preferred a farmer, probably. I say a, a gentleman, a gentleman farmer. of the land, <laughs> his Wellington boots. So, but the, the the dynamics of the family are quite delicious. Um, we are introduced to a duke that comes along um, sniffing around Lady Mary because he's he's a fortune hunter. Um, yeah, so he's he's thinking that with uh, with the death of the heir 
um, that the family will try and do something about the entail to secure Lady Mary's position. And clearly the Duke, Duke of Crowborough, mm-hmm. I think, um, although a duke is several rungs up the aristocratic ladder from a mere earl, mm. so it would be a good match in that way for Mary, he very obviously has no money whatsoever. He can't he can't even afford a a, 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 a valet. So I mean, he, he arrives he arrives at the house and say, "Oh, thank you ever so much for putting me up," and, and makes an excuse to say, "Oh, my say my valet is taken ill. My man, my man, um, has taken ill, and he gets sort of offered uh, one of their footmen." Um, which when we so we'll get on to the start. We'll talk about that in a moment. So Lady Mary is quite enamoured with the Duke, yes, and offers to yeah. to show him yeah. around. Sounds like they have a little bit of little bit of history, yes, from uh, previous previous encounters. And I think she's she's quite enamoured with with him. For, I don't know why, because he seems a little bit oily. Um, but maybe it was because someone that she could potentially choose rather than being chosen. Her mm-hmm. um, and so she offers to, to go for a walk around the grounds, and they said, "Oh no, let's go and explore and have an adventure around the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's look at all the nooks and crannies and the attics and the attics." So they go upstairs with the attics. That's where the servants' quarters are. And sorry, show, she shows her the where the females live, and then they open the door to the gentlemen's quarters, which only Mrs. Hughes, the housekeeper, is allowed to open that door. Yes. But they open it up, and then he starts going into the footman, who we know as Thomas's room. And they're going like, oh, don't do that, don't do that. He starts raking through Thomas's underwear. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they get stopped by the the new valet of um, uh, Robert uh, Crawley's new valet. And he says, oh, would you like to have an explore in my room? And then they quickly scurry off. Which is all a bit peculiar. Well, Mary's very shamefaced. Clearly, she knows they've been caught mm. out in a yeah. in, in in something wrong. And so, and news of this goes down. So, at the dinner party, um, that it goes down, and it's discussed that they were up in the quarters around the table yeah. by Edith, who yes. likes to have a bit of a stir at the best of times, and uh, they sort of she, she's a bit shamefaced, and sort of the Duke. Um, offers sort of it sort of stays behind after the ladies leave the table and they're having a conversation with um uh, with the the lovely um robert crawley about the entails and then robert uh, say robert puts him right and say well no 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 nothing's no, changing nothing's changing Mary's status is not going to change she'll still not be inheriting any of the money yes and but then as quick as a flash he suddenly um, suddenly loses interest uh, because Robert calls him out and say because she he knows is it's a fortune hunter is a fortune hunter so though as we know Robert is also a fortune or was a fortune hunter so he takes one to no one yeah I suppose yeah so um, so it was it so it was very very obvious and it's something which obviously Robert does not like at all puts him in place very politely. And uh, then Lady Mary gets snubbed because the Duke goes upstairs. And clearly does not wish to associate any further with with someone as poverty-stricken 
Yes, which is the Crawleys, which is very, very interesting, um, and that's where we have the Edith and Mary. It's a, it's quite a delicious scene with uh, with Edith so, saying to Mary and so, say, "Well, um, so you, you sort of he's cut the baits come off the hook," and, uh, and Mary turns around as quick as you like, say, "Well, at least I've got something to bait my hook with." <laughs> oh delicious it's a very gentle Yo. it's a very very gentle it's not like a rupaul drag race sort of put down and no. but it's uh, gentle but pointed very very pointed which i i thought was just so delicious um so we so we get to that sort of stage we're introduced to the sort of the on the sort of like below stairs uh, a sort of team. So we've got Mrs. Patmore, who is the cook. Daisy, that is the the young the young lowest level servant girl. Yes. Um, and so that the sort of the, the, the kitchen is run with sort of such sort of precision, deli- deliberate yeah. everything. You've got the head butler. We've got the butler, which is by Charles. It's Charles Carson. Um, he's been with the family for absolute years. And then you have Mrs. Hughes, played by the lovely Phyllis Logan, who was Lady Jane in Lovejoy. Oh, yes. fabulous. There, 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 there's a few podcasts available from on our channel. <laughs> We've got a few um, episodes. A few of episodes Joy of Lovejoy under under our belt. Yeah. So, um, so we're, we're introduced to the rankings of of the staff, and they they also follow the rules and regulations of what they should do and what they are doing and mm. th- so their importance in the house so the hierarchy um, mrs patmore in charge of the kitchen mrs hughes is in charge of house housekeeping um, the butler's in charge so of everything e- everything and this sort of the serving and the dining and all yeah. the staff um, and then you've got a range of maids. So you've got ladies' maids. So La- Lady Mary's got a ladies' maid, Anna, and um, uh, so the uh, the lovely uh, Cora. She's got what's her name? Miss O'Brien. Miss O'Brien. Yeah. Who's, who's her? Yeah. yeah. So it's and it's one of these you know one of these peculiarities. Who gets called by their surname? Who gets called by their first name? Um, so Miss O'Brien. Clearly, not only gets called by her surname, she gets the the miss in front of it, and that's mm-hmm. because the ladies' maids were very much on the upper mm. echelon, so mm. she didn't have to take part in any of the other household duties. She was exclusively working for Cora. Mm-hmm. Anna, on the other hand, gets called by her first name because she wasn't exclusively a ladies' maid. maid. She and that that was quite that was quite common for the for the daughters to in a sense be allocated a servant to mm-hmm. help them, but that's very different from having a lady's maid. So Anna helped out with mm. the with with getting the the, the daughters ready, mm. but she then has her other duties as well in the, in the house as as well, and she's not a lady's maid proper. So she doesn't get referred to by her a surname. By her surname. Um, I say we've got Thomas, who's the head footman, um, who's known as Thomas. Thomas. But he had it in his eye for become the valet 
for um, Mr. Crawley, Rob, yeah. uh, Robert Crawley. Yes. However, there's a new chap that's arrived. This is the chap that arrived on the train. Um, and that is oh Mr. Bates. Mr. Bates. Yeah. And as a valley, he becomes Mr. Bates and he's not referred to by his. So by his Mr. First Bates name. arrived and he's lame. He's got a stick. Yes. And that's a bit of an uproar in the. Um, the household, the yes. staff, because um, the valet also has to do other duties, mm -hmm. such as waiting at table when there's tables. when there's a big, yeah. uh, big it, party on, holding uh, trays, moving luggage, and up and down stairs, up and downstairs, and everyone looks and thinks, "Oh, right, what's happened here?" Yeah. So um, why why on earth has his lordship employed a a lame uh, yes. valet? And then it becomes very obvious. Uh, there's a little bit of history between uh, Mr. Bates and uh, uh, and Robert Crawley, uh, because when they were in the forces, it looks like Mr. Bates was his right hand man and also took um, sort of uh, an injury, yeah. sort of saving him. And so there seems to be a bit of loyalty. And throughout this episode, there's a general um, through-haul with the staff, where the staff are feeding back because it's obviously Thomas wanted the job yep. and he's a bit peeved that the that his job his work's going to be harder because he's going to have to pick up the slack from Mr yeah. Bates. So not only has he been passed over Valley it's yeah it will be he'll then have to start doing things that the Valley should be doing would otherwise be doing but without getting the the, presumably the pay increase uh, and, and the, the, and the prestige. Um, and then it also gets fed back with the ladies' maid. Um, yeah, well, we've got Miss O'Brien, who to be who seems to have a very close relationship with 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 Thomas, but her motivation is unclear because she seems to certainly be presenting herself as a bit of a. I don't know, a stirrer. She's a bit of a stirrer. She's a drama monger. She's like yeah. she likes a bit of a drama. She's she she she's she lights the wick and then stands back. Yeah. And she's a definite agent of chaos. Yeah, and agent she of chaos. She does seem to enjoy enjoy the drama that then ensues. And but she's she's well respected by Cora and looks like they've been she's been the ladies' maid for some time mm -hmm. and so she's very, very established yeah. in that job. And so uh, she's whispering in Cora's ear about mm -hmm. um Mr Bates not being up to the job. Yeah. Uh, Thomas is whispering in Carson's ear. And then, and and Mr. then Carson, Carson is, is whispering in his lordship's ear. Um, so it's all a bit. Mm. So the law, his lordship, sort of Robert Crawley, unfortunately has to say to Mister Bates, "Look, I've given you a trial." Although we didn't give him that much of a trial, it was like three days, if that. Or... Well, it's hard to. Well, as hard always to, with these things, it's always quite hard to get a sense of the passage of. Yeah, time. I mean, because I, I think because we had the so there, there was some sort of remembrance yeah. thing. At so the I so I, I think quite a bit of time, time has passed. Um, of course, I think I don't know if it's IMDb or somewhere else that I read, but suggests that this first episode runs from April mm -hmm. when the Titanic sunk till August. Right, because they were wearing colours at the end of it, weren't they? So, so I think there's maybe four or five months. months. Have, um, have elapsing by. in this first episode, so so we're, we're introduced to a number of the staff, but the key thing is that um, uh, so Robert Trawley has to let um, uh, Mr. 
Bates. Mr. Bates um, down, and then he's going to be on the first train out of it along with the Duke. And at the very end of the episode, he's packed up and ready to go. And Mr. Bates is obviously very upset, and he sort of Anna feels sorry for him because Anna was the person that was nice to him and mm-hmm. kind, and he get yeah. the spark when they yeah. first arise and stick. Everyone's looking at his leg and his yeah. stick. And and he's also set up for a, a literal fall when when the Duke of Crowborough arrives, and just as the Duke is walking past, as the servants are all lined up, then Miss O'Brien kicks away the sti- his stick and he chewing, chewing f- gravel. He face plants right into the yeah, right into the drive. Yeah. So and Anna is the only one who shows any concern and compassion and helps him. And so the, the, there are he's she's allowed to take a tray of food up, and when she takes the tray of food up to the um, the, the sort of the, the servants' quarters on top of the house, she hears him sobbing, and then she she's sort of she's very polite, and she calls out hello, and sort of and there was a really nice little exchange between the two, and said, so, well, please do let me know how you get on, and blah blah blah, please, right, otherwise I'll be worried, which I thought was really sweet. Yes. Very, very sweet. Very nice. And, um, but basically, Robert Crawley, he sees the error of his ways um, and in a, in, a, in a fit, stops the car and says, right, come out and we'll think nothing more of it. And you think like, oh, gosh. But uh, the thing is, Mr. Uh, so Mr. Oh, I'm trying Bates, to get the names. Mr. Bates. Mr. Bates. Mr. Bates, yeah. when he's let down, um, sort of Robert Crawley says, I'll continue paying you. So, so he said, no, I'm not a charity case. I want to work for my money. Which I think is it's like he's a very honourable chap. Mm. Um, yeah, and he seems to have been through the ringer. And this was a last chance for him. Um, so so this, the episode ends with that. And it was just... Uh, oh, actually, the episode ends with um, it's a, a lady, uh, an older lady... And a, a blonde chap having breakfast, and the post is arriving. And they yes. say, this he is, says, "This it's a letter from the the Earl of Grantham." And the lady says, "Well, what does he want?" And the reply is, "To change our lives." So this is um, this is Matthew Crawley and uh, right. Isabel it's Crawley, paid by Dan Stevens and Penelope Whit- uh, Wilton. Um, so, and that's how the episode ends. And yeah. it's just absolutely delicious. Right. So, do we need to touch upon, if you pardon the expression, the 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 little bit of a plot twist? Go on. That, that um, after when the Duke of Crowborough retires... <gasps> oh, God, I forgot the, night, the big thing. How could you forget oh, that? Sorry. That's the, oh, sorry. That's the main Deliberate thing. Deliberate mistake, listeners. Yeah. So, there is... A, the, the story is that Thomas, the, who, who's a bit of a nasty piece of work, he's a bit of a stirrer. Yeah. Um, he's obviously been a bit sideswiped um, by um, Mr. Bates arriving. Um, and he is the valet to, he's just like the temporary valet to uh, the Duke while he's in the house. And it becomes apparent that the Duke and Thomas have had a little bit of a... Uh, a romantic, a romantic assignation, or a couple. Uh, sorry, a, a, a more than that, because the Duke has written lots of letters, which yes. is another reason why he was rifling through his underwear. I think that drawer. was the main reason why he was rifling through his underwear drawer to get 
his hands on, on these letters. all these incriminating love letters. Because he's been writing love letters to Thomas, and Thomas was the person that instig- instigated him to arrive to yeah. woo Lady Mary. Because yeah. Thomas disappears mysteriously, sort of midway through the, the episode, um, and Carson explains his absence as he asked to if it could just pop into the village. But it turns out that he popped into the village to send a telegram mm-hmm. to the Duke of Crowborough, letting him know about the change in fortunes of the family with the death of the heir. Given a heads up, uh, which, in, which sort of issued the, um, uh, the, the, the visitation yes. of the Duke. And there's a bit of a sort of a, a tussle and the Duke has the letters. If I was the Duke and I was trying to get the letters, I would have burnt the letters. Burned them straight away. I burnt them straight away. But I, that's not very dramatic. But it's, 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 so, but, so he throws the letters in, and Thomas is Thomas likes to have his cards close to his, his chest, and he was going to use it as as a bargaining tool. Yeah, um, there was a bit of blackmail sort of mm. coming the Duke's way. Clearly, yes. Because um, um, I mean, uh, looking back in the history books, the valets um, many many times the aristocracy where had sort of of a lavender persuasion um had the valets and the valets were the lover but it was an accepted thing with the gentleman and the valet um i think that obviously the duke to thomas has got everything um and more money than thomas is ever going to get but in society the duke has no money and Thomas is a nice diversion because the Duke just says, "Well, you know, one's got to certainly got to forgive a couple of weeks in the season." Um, but there was a lot of letters. There was a lot of letters. <laughs> there was a surprising bundle of letters. Mm. Um, but I guess maybe just the Duke is just a bit was a bit of a romantic. Who knows? Who knows? But what we do learn very quickly is that the Duke's off to America to get himself a. A, a dollar princess, a dollar princess and Thomas is kicked to the curb. Yes, because so, there's no place in a duke's life. Well, the duke's reputation would be solid if it came out that he was of the lavender persuasion, um, which is quite yes, it's, it's quite sad. Um, but and I think it's yeah. a really nice. But cu- what we also learned, mm-hmm. of course, is that 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 Thomas is off the. As you so lavender charmingly persuasion. put it, of the lavender persuasion. Yes. So that that's setting up lots of interesting things to happen in the future. It is, and it's uh, it, it it it's quite mm, it, it, it's it's a really good thing because if you think of it like a period piece, it's 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 quite although having sort of gay characters or trans characters in in sort of stories is quite sort of accepted in contemporary but it's quite it's quite interesting having this done for a period piece and yeah. it, it does feel although it was, this was done for a commercial channel it does feel like a bbc drama <laughs> it really does yeah. it, it has your prejudices are showing like. yeah my prejudices show i mean cause I, I i for years I but brideshead what, revisited that was made by granada i know and you nearly killed them because it killed them because the finances of that cost a freaking fortune but it's absolutely glorious yeah, well, that's why you know. I always wanted a teddy bear called Aloysius. Yeah, that, that's why. That's, that's, you know, that's why there's so little period drama shot these days because it is just so, so costly, mega expensive. And if they do it, they do it in the way that 
at uh, Downton Abbey is, is mm. done, which is um, by doing as much location work as as they can. And in the, in the 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 show, it is only the the downstairs and like the kitchen, the kitchen that, that is, is a standing studio. standing set. Everything else is is done uh, is done on site because it's just cheaper cheaper to do it that way. Yeah. The, the the old the old days of bit of external shooting and every all the internal work to being done in a studio that's just not the way that television is made these days no and it's I, I, but it is just so delicious and the creator of of the um of the series has also done uh they did try to do a hotel a period hotel um story um series that went for one series but then was that crossroads? No, it wasn't cross. No. Um, so that there was, oh, it's they've had one series so far, and it's it's set in the is it the Gilded Age? Ah, oh, yeah, it's called the Gilded Age. Yeah, that's not that's not about a hotel, but no, but there was a hotel one that was done, which um, in in the UK, uh, a period hotel. Um, which went for one series by the same creator, but the Gilded Age is the precursor to yeah. the pound, the, the dollar princesses. Yeah, I mean the Gilded Age we we assume is sort of set in the same universe mm. as 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 Downton Abbey, but at an earlier point in time. So it's late late nineteenth century, mm. um, and it's set in New York. Yeah, and and I think there was talk that they were going to do a bit of a crossover with um, a younger um, Violet Crawley. What, Violet Crawley? Yeah, going I, out. There. I, I think that, that that was more wishful thinking, thinking than anything that that Julian Fellows had planned hmm. to do. I mean, it's theoretically possible that Violet Crawley went to America at some point when she was a a young lady, but. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe the idea, maybe the the seed's been sown. So, it might. Oh, it is quite. But that's that's very delicious as well. So we may cover that one as well. But we've got delicious. We've Downton. got a few episodes of Downton. We've got too. a fair few. Six series, a number of oh, Christmas Lord. specials, and, and two, two movies. Films. So we have got a lot to go at, folks. So yeah. if you would, if anyone out there that is listening has any tidbits, anyone, 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 anyone there, listening, knock, knock, knock. Uh, so if anyone out there has any tidbits, Downton tidbits, trivia, anything like that, please do inbox us. Anyone well. who wants to correct our our numerous <laughs> errors and ongoing errors, because we're we we love. The research, don't we? Oh, we, we do we lots are, of research. We're, we're mad for Google, research. Google bots, it's amazing. Uh, so we're on all social media platforms at, at Antique Dust, and uh, please like, subscribe, share the hell out of everything. It'd be delicious. There is over a hundred other episodes of other delicious periods, and they're all as good as this <laughs> one, if not, <laughs> if not better. Well, we've got Bergerac, we've got Howard's Way, we've got a little bit of Lovejoy. Yeah. And we've got movies. We cover movies too. Yeah, we, do movies, yeah. Yeah. we may be doing another movie because it's coming up to Eurovision movie. time. And so, if you're listening to this in real time, um, then so the Eurovision is small, small hint, hints, small hint. Anyway, folks, it's farewell from me, Jonathan, and it's goodbye from me, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye bye.